Welcome to How I Got Here with me, Trina Whitfield, the podcast where we dive deep into the incredible journeys of remarkable Black women who have found their path to success. Today, I'm thrilled to have a very special guest joining us. She's a leading figure in the interior design industry, known for her impeccable taste in transformative designs, and she's working on my house. Um, Please give a warm welcome to Rashida Gray, the visionary behind Gray Space Interiors. Thank you for joining me today. I am so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course. So I always ask this question of all my guests. It's the first question that I always lead our interviews with. And it's like, I want to know what you wrote in your high school yearbook when you were graduating, when it said Rashida will be XYZ in 10 years. What did you write? Oh, my goodness. First of all, high school was like... 23 years ago, which is like, I'm 23. No, I don't. But I would, what did I write? I mean, I probably wrote that I wanted to do something creative, but within the business world. So, you know, my major in college was marketing. So I'm going to say I wrote something about going into the world of like advertising and marketing. Okay. Yeah. So at that point, you never had a goal of being an entrepreneur. No, at all. Like, <laughs> wasn't wasn't top of mind. I wasn't like directly exposed to entrepreneurship growing up. I did find out that my grandfather was an entrepreneur, but I didn't know that at the time. Mm. So yeah, it just, it was not. It wasn't a thought at all. Actually, if you would have asked me in high school, I would have said that I'm quite the opposite. That I was risk adverse. And that Mm -hmm. I always expected myself to sort of land at a company and work my way up. But what like intrigued you specifically about business at that age? Because, you know, most people don't graduate high school and saying, I'm going to go into business. You kind of just don't know that first year or two after you graduate. Right. So how did you already know, like, nah, this is the industry that I want to go into? Okay. I think it was a combination of different influences along the way. Some of them are silly. Some of them are real. But where are they? (laughs) Right. So influence number one, I guess it was one of my best friends. I spent a great amount of like my high school career, like living at her house. Um, I I spent the night, I was always hanging out with her and she was the only child. So I was like her parents' second daughter. And her mother worked at a really like a big, I actually don't know what industry they're in, but she worked in a corporate environment. And so I sort of saw her, and I think we actually went to her office one day, but I saw her sort of kind of work in that environment. And I was like, you know what? I think whatever she does seems very interesting. And she always gets dressed really nicely. And (laughs) I was going to say, does she look fly? Because that's a contributing factor. (laughs) In charge of things. And so... I was like, okay, that intrigued me. I mean, again, I'm 17 years old, right? So mm-hmm. I know about life. And then <laughs> another silly influence was Gina on Martin. <laughs> yeah. So Gina was in advertising and marketing. And I was like, okay, what does she do? And like, all, you just need to get dressed and fly suits and do presentations all day. I like to talk. I can do that. So that was like silly influence number two. I do remember in high school taking, it's all like coming back to me now, taking a public Mm -hmm. relations PR course. Was it PR? Really? In public speaking. That's what it was. 
So I took sort of a communications course in high school. It was like one of my electives. And I do remember enjoying that. Although I would say I was highly nervous the entire class. Like I am just evolving into more of a public speaker. But during that time, that wasn't sort of my thing. But I could see that when I moved past the nervousness, I would really enjoy that. So it was kind of like subtle influences along the way that led me to narrow down into marketing and in the, the business world. So where does your career journey begin in the indus- in the insurance industry? That's uh, not necessarily like a sexy like right. industry to go into. So how did you even land there? Right. Okay. So I spent 15 years in the insurance industry before becoming a designer. And I landed there sort of by circumstance. There was an advertisement for an internship when I was in high school. And the internship was like down the street from school. It was an office environment, which I, by this time, figured that I, I was interested in working in that kind of environment. Now, prior to that, I took jobs in high school, like I worked at KFC, I worked at The Gap, I worked at, where else did I work? There's a couple of other places. And so I sort of knew I wanted to work in an office environment. So that internship was posted. I applied, I got it. And that was with a nationwide insurance agent. I stayed at that job for three years. So some high school and then um, summers in college. And so that's when I sort of got into the industry. When I graduated college, it was 2004, not too long after 2001. And I think there was still some residual impact from like the 9-11, sort of like how that impacted the economy. And so I had some internships in college that were more around marketing. And some of them were in the pharmaceutical industry, but that industry didn't quite recover from the 2001 sort of recession. And I wasn't offered an entry-level job when I graduated, but I had this experience in insurance from high school. And so that's how I landed a job in insurance when I graduated college. And never, there's always like a, there's never a straight line, right? So I I tell my son this now, like he's 17. I'm like, you are crafting your career right now, even as a high school student. You just never know what your experiences will lead you to. Very true. Every, like, I feel like a lot of folks who have this, I guess, visual success because we live in a digital space now, everyone, you got to share your wins, right? No one's had like a linear, you know, path. And so there's always like some like pits and valleys, some like, you know, U-turns. But how did you go from being the C-suite executive to being named House of Beautiful's next wave designer for interior design? So like, how did you, you already shared, you didn't really, you didn't pursue a a degree in interior design. So how did you even get to the space that you are now? Why? Because you had a nine to five job working in something completely different. Right. So how did that happen? Oh, gosh. So I was in corporate, in marketing for insurance companies, actually building a pretty decent career. Like my last role was with Chubb Insurance and I was assistant vice president of marketing and communications. Oh, he was up there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was, you know, (laughs) almost like you come to a point in your career where you have to make a decision on, Mm -hmm. is this 
uh, my life's work? Is this my purpose? Am I enjoying this? Do I want to go to the next level? For me, it was a vice president position. And I knew that that would require so much more of like who I am and my personal like work-life balance. And before I sort of commit to that level in the corporate world, I had to do a stop and say, are you really enjoying or loving the work that you do? And Mm. so I got to work with some really awesome companies, State Farm, Chubb Insurance. But even with every sort of like elevation or promotion, it felt like there was something missing. Like there wasn't purpose attached to what I was doing. And Mm. I've always been a creative. I still have a teddy bear book bag that I made by hand sewing when I was like 10 years old. I took a stuffed (laughs) animal, took all the stuffing out, took a belt and made the book bag straps. And I still because it's like my first physical reminder of like my passion for Mm. curating and creating things. And so it's always been there. I've tried my hand at painting. I thought I was an artist. I am not. (laughs) Look, you got to find what works. (laughs) I tried that. I tried sewing. I even started an event planning business for three months. And I was like, this is not my wheelhouse. (laughs) I didn't go anywhere. I think where it sort of came to a head was starting to question my purpose in my corporate career and then looking to say, what would I do? And this is like the age old question. What would you do for free? Like, what would you do if you were not paid for it? And Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that the answer was right in front of me. I always decorated every single place I ever lived. So whether it was like my very small, like eight by 10 foot bedroom in a row house in Philadelphia where my parents were not buying new furniture every six months. And so I took like a milk crate and put like fabric on top of it. And that was a side table. So like that was my first intro to interior design, space planning and drawing and just kind of sketching. My first apartment where I was like to the landlord, please let me paint the walls because I do not want to live in a white box. And they're like, yes, as as long as you paint it back. I probably made a a mess on their floor with lime green (laughs) So it's always been there. And in my mid thirties, when I started to do this soul searching, I ended up reminding myself how much I love decorating. So this Mm -hmm. might be a long answer, but fast forward, I was purchasing a home and selling another home. So this was like my second home, Uh, not, not two homes at once, my second um, house Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. purchased and fixer upper. The television show was really popular. And I said, <laughs> I want a fixer upper. And my husband was like, let's do it. Let's do DIY. And so we brought a home. We fixed it up. I shared it on Facebook, the before and after. And long story short, I got so much encouragement from friends and family of what was always there inside. And they're like, you should really consider being a designer. By this time, I'm AVP. I have a master's degree. I'm like, I have kids, I have a mortgage, like I can't go back to school, at least not, I didn't think I could. And so I did obtain a certificate in design from Temple University. And that was just a, like, about a six month program, non-credit, just to respect the craft and learn as much as I could. Mm-hmm. And I applied my own innate transferable skills from marketing and business to the design world with the talent, I guess you would say, that I have. 
And then that's how I sort of fused the two together to create gray space. And that was seven years ago. And here we are. A lot of people with nine to fives always ask, how do you know when it's the right time to take that leap? So mm-hmm. like, how did you know when it was time to like launch gray space interiors? Was it like too many projects colliding at once? Was it right. like you felt like during the day, you know, I'd rather be working on this plan or or going to pull items time. for this client? So when did you know? Like when did you know it was time to take the lead? Did you even did you have a, even have a cushion? Because that's also important yes. from a financial aspect. So I did both. I did my mm-hmm. corporate job and gray space for three and a half years. Because as I mentioned earlier, I'm not an innate risk taker. Um, Mm -hmm. And so my husband, you know, I do have a partner. So my husband is an entrepreneur. He has been for 12 years. And Mm -hmm. so I thought, like, what are we going to do about health insurance? Like, we both don't have, you know, if we're both entrepreneurs, what do we do if both of the businesses have a few bad months? Like, all those things. So I took three and a half years to plan to take the big leap. So it was not a leap. It was more like a tiptoe, tiptoe, <laughs> what happens. And so I did have a savings. I had some like liquid cash, not as much as I wanted to, but I, if I'm honest with myself, like I wasn't, or I'm not a good saver, but what I did have is like a 401k plan. And so I mm-hmm. loaded the baby up. I was like, I'm maxing this out as much as I can so that it's there. Worst case. Mm-hmm. If I, so I loaded up my 401k. I had some cash saved. I paid off as much debt as I could. So, you know, my car payment, like any sort of big payment that I could take care of, I did that. Mm-hmm. That's the real. And that took me, I thought I was ready to leave at two years in, but it took me another year and a half before I was truly ready to leave. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was it was a lot of preparation financially. In terms of like when I knew I was ready, I definitely... Thought about gray space a lot more than I did my like corporate job, and so mm-hmm. I was unfair. Like I got to make a decision. I had to turn away some opportunities for gray space because they would have been during like my normal working hours, and so I couldn't do that. And then here's like the hard like decision point: when my gray space monthly income could replace my salary on a consistent basis my monthly salary. That's when I I said to myself, okay, if you're earning this much and you're working part-time, like what can it be if you were to go full-time? So, mm-hmm. and it's still a risk. I still was scared. And those first few months were not easy, actually. Right. I was, what the heck did I do? But. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask like during that uh-huh. initial like year, did you experience regret? Yeah. For the first six months, it was a lot of, I think I made a mistake. I think I made a mistake. While at the same time, like that's on the financial side, like the right brain side of me, but on the left brain, the left brain side of me. (laughs) I'm like, girl, I don't know. (laughs) Like other side of like purpose and life and passion and happiness and like um, doing your best work and service, being of service to others. That side of Mm -hmm. me was like, oh my gosh, why didn't I do this sooner? So, right. you know, you're like trying to balance that out. And even still, seven years in, I mean, there's some sometimes or some clients or some projects or some months where I'm like, are you sure that you want to put yourself through this kind of stress? 
<laughs> yeah, just- look, I, feel, I feel you. I'm the same way. And you're like, but then you're like, girl, how long have you been doing this already? Right. Snap it together. I got to snap myself out of it. I always like talk about this meme that I've seen on Instagram about entrepreneurship and how mm-hmm. it's like one day you're like, this is the worst thing I could have done. Like, what was I thinking? And the next day you're like, oh my gosh, this is wonderful. That's me like every two hours. <laughs> <laughs> It used to, that, I'm telling you that used to be a lot of my friends would be like because I would send them like jobs that I would see that were hiring and be like oh should I apply for this and they'd be like for what for what I don't even do it anymore and they're like for you to go in and then a month and talk about you quit it because they say they can't tell you what to do you know how to do xyz right. but I think it's just like the fear of entrepreneurship because it's so many like like you said there's so many days where you're like oh my god I'm like killing it and then the next day it could be like what the hell am I doing like why am I working with this client why did I agree to this project do I even know really what I'm doing it's a lot of also yes. like self-doubt imposter syndrome is real too yes i want to say that because i am not traditionally trained as an interior Mm -hmm. i do think i have a talent and an eye and then more importantly honestly 75 percent of my day is spent on the business side of things and so i gotta lean into that skill while i continue to develop the design muscle and then as any other entrepreneur, I mean, I think I do a great job, but, but any, as any other entrepreneur, you, you hire to your weaknesses as well. So mm-hmm. what was your first hire? My first hire was two years into the business. I was still working my corporate job and I knew I was gearing up to leave. And so I was like, I should hire now while I have the security of my corporate salary. And so my first hire was a project manager. Probably should have been titled an assistant, but essentially Mm -hmm. sort of like my right-hand person. And she did a little design, a lot of admin, a little marketing. She did basically a little bit of everything, but she stayed on board with us for four years. So Mm. it was more of hiring based off of like gut and intuition. Like I just knew she would be a good fit to help me take the company to the next level. Mm Mm-hmm. So you started Grace Space Interiors and decided you weren't finished and you wanted to add real estate development to the lineup. So tell me a little bit about how that came about. Yeah. So it's like, it's a natural fit for me because I've always been interested in the idea of home. And then Mm -hmm. when I was exposed to real estate through a friend and my sister um, is uh, into real estate as well. It was sort of like, okay, so now I get to develop or the idea of home, but to impact our community in a positive way. So mm-hmm. my husband and I started our real estate development company in 2017. And so it was a year after I started Grace Space. And we currently sort of flip or buy and hold one to two houses a year. So it's definitely a side hustle. Mm-hmm. And then our natural roles. So of course I do like the designing, but I also do some of the admin work behind it. And then he's a contractor. So mm-hmm. uh, who also has a career in insurance. There's like a, there's a pattern <laughs> here. <laughs> so, right? But he does contracting. So it was a natural way for us to sort of expand our portfolio. And 
I love it. I mean, Philadelphia is a city that is consistently growing. Like there's there's a big boom happening here mm-hmm. right now. And so for us, we're both from the same neighborhood in Philadelphia, Germantown. So for us to be able to go back to our neighborhood and to revitalize homes that were vacant, to help restore it to what we know it to be is mm-hmm. an honor. So that's how we got into it. I love it. Yeah. Love it. So what is a like, so now you're running this thing full time. You got a whole new office space. How big is it now? How big is it? Um, so my husband and I are leasing 2,000 square feet. Gray space occupies 1,000 and then his company, the other 1,000. Love it. Ooh, ooh uh, like a, a black chip in Joanna. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what, <laughs> what's like a typical day as an interior designer? You know, it varies so much, which is what I love most about the job. Uh I think, you know, I usually start the day by sort of checking in on emails and responding to both clients and vendors and getting some of the admin work done. Um, Mm -hmm. But then I also spend some time on the road. So I often am driving to a client's home to either check on progress of a renovation, check in with our contractors, take measurements. And there's a few other things that I'm, I'm doing while out in the field. And then I like to do design work when it's really quiet and there's no distractions. So I could be sort of selecting fabrics, materials, developing a floor plan sort of in an afternoon, evening. But it's really a combination of project management and designing. That's kind of how my day is sort of segmented. Tell me a little bit about how... Trends in interior design like change like every year, every couple of months, right? So how do you stay on top of them? I try to sort of do a healthy balance between considering trends and not considering them. So mm-hmm. I say not considering them because for us working with our clients, it's really about telling their story, like learning who they are and their design style. And so I like to think that our projects look different in different ways. And then there is a thread of gray space in between all of them, but it's really reflected on who the client is. But in terms of, you know, keeping up with trends, it is my job to do that so that our clients come to us as experts into what's like happening in the design world. So I love to pick up an old fashioned magazine and flip through it. It's like, Mm -hmm. it gives me so much satisfaction and to have a glass of wine while I'm doing it is even better. (laughs) But then I also subscribe to like industry publications, like there's insider publications like Business of Home that I like to read through each morning. Mm -hmm. And Pinterest is a great source of inspiration, believe it or not. Like at one point I sort of thought I was seeing the same thing over and over again, but no, it's really helpful, Mm -hmm. especially when working with clients and trying to identify what they like, the imagery on sites like Pinterest help. And then Social media is also a help. It can become a hindrance sometimes. You can become influenced by what else is out there and not develop your own design style. So I do it to a certain limit, but yeah, it's Mm -hmm. a help. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about social media a little bit because social media also does have like a lot of people feeling like they can become these subject matter experts or industry experts. Yeah. Specifically like in like in my world, but also like in interior design. 
let's take it back a step further. What advice would you give to someone who's looking to get into the interior design industry who may have like a love of interiors? They may be creative. They they see like on social media that so-and-so is doing it so they can do it. Like what advice would you give someone that's in a space of like, maybe I want to try my hand at getting into the interior design space? It's interesting well, you know, I, I'm going to answer that question and then go back to where you started too. Okay. <laughs> but I would say um, for someone who's interested in getting into the design world, that it's really about having a portfolio and building a business or working for another interior designer. So you don't have to become an entrepreneur. There are design firms that you can sort of work with and learn from. But I say building a portfolio because our business is highly visual. And Mm -hmm. so you have to sort of display your work in a visual way. The way to do it, I think, is, you know, everyone's not going to start with like clientele right away. And so the way I started and the way a lot of designers start is by showcasing your own home. Mm -hmm. And it could be sort of the same room in different ways or redecorated or smaller vignettes in that room. But Photography is highly important. Good photography is really important in our industry. For me, a turning point in our business is when I invested in good photography. And so when I started seven years ago, I was like, oh, I should probably just buy myself some sort of Canon DSLR camera and learn how to use it. And I did that, but the pictures still weren't good. They were okay. They just weren't magazine quality. Right. You know, sometimes I take pictures with my iPhone and that works when necessary. But what was a game changer is working with a skilled photographer because they see what the camera sees. And when you're designing your own work, it's sometimes hard to step back and to sort of see it in a different way. I feel like it's magic. Photography is magic. So investing in the portfolio with good photography, Mm -hmm. whether it's your own home or your friends and family. And then just sort of like doing the research and studying, whether that's going to school and obtaining sort of a secondary degree or a certificate in design, or just kind of learning from someone else in the industry. For folks who love interiors, like they just like for their house to look a certain way, like what are yeah. three tips that you would give someone who doesn't have the budget to to hire an interior designer, but has like a creative eye? Do you have any like tips, like maybe three that you yeah. could just offer up for like designing your home? Yep. I would say tip number one, mm-hmm. floor plan, floor plan, floor plan. So Planning is critical with anything, right? So you're planning your budget, you're planning this, that. Um, But what I see happen often is someone may see a beautiful sectional in a showroom on the floor and they're like, I want that. And then they get it home and it's extremely too big because that showroom has 20 foot ceilings. It's like 20,000 square feet and your home isn't that. So I think it's important to do a floor plan and to measure just to make sure that everything fits appropriately. And we live in the Northeast Drina. So like our homes aren't like expansive. They're cozy Mm -hmm. and in Philadelphia, our homes are smaller. And so you just want to make sure it fits. Tip number two, select your paint color last. Mm. So a lot of people do the opposite. Yeah. But I select paint color last because 
there's a trillion paint colors and you can like match it to whatever you have going on. Mm-hmm. I often start a design plan with something that has a lot of color or pattern or like an inspiration point. So that could be artwork, an area rug, something that is like, I have to have this in this room or it's already a part of the room and I want it to stay. And then you build from that. So you can select all the thousands of paint colors, one of those, or you can create your own by going a little lighter, a little darker. So paint is so flexible. So I always select it last. Love it. Yeah. Let me ask you a few quick fired questions just so like folks can get a little bit more into the Rashida Gray brand. But okay. Are you a high rise or house kind of girl? Oh, give me a house with a front yard and a backyard all day. I don't spend a lot of time outside, but I like to look outside. <laughs> it's a little backwards. I don't know if it's our weather here or in Philly or what, but I like yeah. I want to see green. So a house. I hear you. What's the most uncomplicated advice you received? I'm trying to figure out how to word it in like a short way. But basically like, just do it. Don't wait for it to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Just go for it. You can tweak along the way because I can, I, I'm a thinker. I think a lot. And so I can often <laughs> have analysis paralysis and mm. then I would talk myself out of it. And so act now, perfect later. That's the mm. advice. What's your go-to song where you need to get that confidence booster for the day? What's the formal name of it? It's a song by um, Beyonce for the soundtrack from the Williams Sisters movie. I, why can't I? Yeah, the King Richard movie. Be Alive. I couldn't think of the title. <laughs> I was Googling too. I couldn't think of it either. Because um, I'm a Beyonce yeah. fan, but I wasn't like, eh, okay. Uh-huh. I, I, can't, I, know, I can't think of the like title of it. Um, so it's that. And then there's a couple of ratchet songs too, but. Ooh, what's the ratchet one? Give me the ratchet one. Mm-hmm. Oh. Give me the ratchet one. It's a whole lot of money in here. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Be it, be it. Yep. That gets me a little hype. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, and Dreams and Nightmares by Meek Mill. Come on. Come, of course, Philly. Come on. Here you go. <laughs> yeah. If there's one thing you could tell your younger self, not to worry about what it would it be how it's going to work out or that you don't have what it takes or something like that. Like just to, I would tell my younger self to believe in yourself. Love it. Mm-hmm. I forgot to ask you this. Like how did the house beautiful next wave designer, you know, accomplishment come about? I think it's two parts. And I've known this throughout my entire professional career that relationships matter. Mm. And so the first part for sure is, you know, just sort of having great photography and having great projects and building your brand and learning with each project and just getting better and better. And so, you know, part of it is the work that we do. But the other part is building relationships. And so I think my marketing degree for this, that I'm not afraid to pitch myself. I'm probably mm. not. I'm, I'm definitely not a PR or advertising firm or any of that, but I'm not afraid to share projects when I think they're a good fit for a publication. And I'm not afraid to take myself out of my comfort zone and 
sort of insert myself and connect with people, both on a genuine like relationship level, but also to make sure that when I'm in a room, people know who I am. Mm. It was part our work. And then the other part is building a relationship so that people even know that your work exists. Oh, yeah. What's coming up for you? Anything, any fun projects you can share? There's a lot of exciting things happening. So we just opened our gray space interior design studio. Um, So I'm so excited about that, having a hub where our clients and our vendors can come. And we are working on some exciting projects. We do everything from full design to e-design. So we have e-design or virtual projects in Montana, as far as Montana, which is, and it's so much fun too. It's a great project and Atlanta. And I mean, they're all Jersey, Jersey. Um, So we have amazing (laughs) construction, full furnishings in virtual. And I actually just started, are you familiar with the Goldman Sachs 10K small business program? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I got in. So I was congratulations. It feels like a very accelerated MBA program. So I am like holding on to the bootstraps and like enjoying the ride. It's been amazing. I so love cool. it. So you've already started? Yes. I am in week okay. three. Yep. Okay. Nice. So it's it's great. It's some heavy hitter business owners in the program. Mm -hmm. And it's in Philadelphia at our local community college, but it's been a gem already. Congratulations. Thank you. It's so exciting. And then we may be working on a small television project. So my husband and I are working on something with a major network and we just wrapped up filming part one of four. Oh, wow. (laughs) So I love to work with television. And this one is a really fun project. So that may be coming out. So I'll keep you guys posted on that. Oh, I love it. Well, thank you so much for sharing. Can't wait to see what happens and everything that's going to come out of that. And what's next for you? Where can people find and follow you on social? Yep. So we are gray space interior design. So gray, like the color, the word space interior design. That's our handle in all channels. And if you have this month's issue of House Beautiful, we have a three-page spread on page <gasps> 66. Three pages? Three pages. I'm like, it's right here. Oh, I love it. Did you go buy them all up at the um store? Yeah, well, they said they're sending me some copies, so I didn't buy them all yet. I'm just waiting. Okay. <laughs> and we are on the cover. This is an industry publication, but we're on the cover of a window treatment magazine this month. <laughs> Come on. Look at you. Wow. The cover. Like I, hope me. You, I hope you celebrate them. Like, I hope yeah. you celebrate those moments. Like, you should have, like, something in your, especially in your new office space, you should have a little celebration toast or something. That's huge, especially in print, because a lot of print publications are dying out. And so like to still get features in them is like truly amazing. So congratulations. Absolutely grateful. Thank you. Well, Rashida, thank you so much for joining me today. Again, I can't wait to see what comes up for you this year, all the exciting projects and can't wait for us to work together. But thank you so much for joining. Thanks for having me, Drina. This was fun. Thank you. Of course. Thank you all for listening today. Thank you to our guest, Rashida Gray. Girl, I love ya. 
Um, this show is hosted by me, Drina Whitfield. It's produced by Keena Williams and Blake Lou Merwin and edited by Matt Pro and brought to you by Wit Productions. Come on, Wit Productions. Um, if you love today's episode, we'd love to hear from you. So please leave us a review. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And I'll see you back here next week. And oh, if you want to keep up with me, feel free to follow me on Instagram at Drina Whit PR. That's D R E E N A W H I T P R. You can also follow the show at How I Got Here underscore. And you can also follow Whit PR, my business, at W H I T P R. Thanks so much for joining.